Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com, and we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This episode of Practical AI is brought to you by Hired. One thing people hate doing is searching for a new job. It's so painful to search through open positions on every job board under the sun. The process to find a new job is such a mess. If only there was an easier way. Well, I'm here to tell you there is. Our friends at Hired have made it so that companies send you offers with salary, benefits, and even equity up front. All you have to do is answer a few questions to showcase who you are and what type of job you're looking for. They work with more than 6,000 companies from startups to large publicly traded companies in 14 major tech hubs in North America and Europe. You get to see all of your interview requests. You can accept, reject, or make changes to their offer even before you talk with anyone. And it's totally free. This isn't going to cost you anything. It's not like you have to go there and spend money to get this opportunity. And if you get a job through Hire, they're even going to give you a bonus. Normally it's $300, but because you're a listener of Practical AI, it's $600 instead. Even if you're not looking for a job, you can refer a friend and Hire will send you a check for $1,337 when they accept the job. As you can see, Hire makes it too easy. Get started at Hire.com slash Practical AI. Welcome to Practical AI, a weekly podcast about making artificial intelligence practical, productive, and accessible to everyone. This is where conversations around AI, machine learning, and data science happen. Join the community and Slack with us around various topics of the show at changelaw.com slash community. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Practical AI FM. And now onto the show. So this is Daniel, and I have Chris, my co-host here with me, who um, is an AI expert and specializing in deep learning. How's your deep learning been going, Chris? Uh, it has been going 100 miles an hour. This field is moving so fast and so many new things are happening that uh, trying, to, trying to keep moving forward and keep my head above water. How about you, Daniel? Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's been been crazy. It's been good. I've been doing a lot of data munging and cleaning this last week, which um, which has been fun and working a little bit with graph databases. So maybe at some point we'll bring that into the show. But um, I'm glad that you mentioned that there's a lot going on. This is our our. For our new uh, listeners, this is a, a one of two different formats that we're doing in the show um, where we're going to just kind of give some news and updates that we've seen in the community and also provide some resources for those starting out in, uh, in AI or wanting to level up in, in AI, um, some learning resources that, that we found out there. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to to talk about what's going on in the community. What what did you see going on this week, Chris? So there are there are so many news stories that we're getting hit each week, um, and just picking a few is really kind of the hardest part of this. But I, I get asked all the time about kind of where AI is going in the global scale. You know, in terms of different countries. You know, everyone always asks about the U.S. and China and how Russia fits in. And so I came across a uh, a medium. 
post uh, this past week called Artificial Intelligence Strategies. And it's actually, it kind of maps out what the known strategies are for uh, a bunch of different uh, countries out there and kind of puts them on a timeline. Um, And we'll share the link in the show notes, but it's really cool. uh, And it has some great graphical stuff, but it kind of starts off with um, an overview of national AI strategies. um, And it gives you a table of contents, which is a couple of dozen countries. And then each of those kind of has a a one or two paragraph uh, blurb about what those countries are doing. And it's just a great single uh, point to go to and say, you know, hey, what is China doing? What have they announced? What are they interested in? And you can you can go down to China and find out. But then there's many others uh, as well, such as right below China is Denmark. And so I'll I'll leave it to our our listeners to go explore that through the show notes. But um, it was a great starting point if you want to understand how how AI is being seen at at the nation state strategic level. How about yourself? I mean, I'll tell you what uh, what China is doing with AI. They're identifying all those people at their their pop concerts with uh, facial recognition. They're uh, people with I, I forget. Have you seen those stories? I have. It's like at the the one um, I forget the singer's name, but uh, they've like nabbed. Um, I forget how many at, at this point, but at his at his concerts um, for like whatever it is, outstanding warrants or that they're, you know, they're they're looking for them or, or however that works in China. But um, that's that's what I know China's doing with AI. <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it creates it creates this huge issue of the ethics of how to use these technologies. And, and you know, China is is approaching that in that way, which uh, I, I certainly uh, am not comfortable with. But uh, and then, you know, more recently, Amazon, uh, you know, with 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 some of the stuff in the U.S. Uh, about facial recognition with with law enforcement. And there was a, a big uproar uh, a week or so about that. And so I think you, you are seeing the populations of all these different countries um, having to react to this this rapid onslaught of this new technology and and how each of these governments is is choosing to use it with or without oversight. Um, it's a fascinating time in terms of understanding how we're moving forward from an ethical standpoint, uh, and th- and I think that's certainly gonna gonna be a show coming up where we're gonna where we're gonna talk about that in some great depth. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to go along with that, one of the things I saw was that the the ACLU called for a moratorium on government use of facial recognition technologies. Yes. Um, which goes right along with what what you're saying. Um, and I, I just think it's interesting that. And I think one of the actually the the guests on the Changelog podcast was talking about this, how there's kind of this this spectrum of how people perceive AI on on one side, um, you know, they they think that it's kind of so amazing that it can do everything. And that's, you know, a really awesome thing that's going to solve all our problems and automate everything. And then on the other side, people, you know, think it can do more than it can and just creates a lot of creepiness out of out of that where in both respects it needs to be you know those expectations need to be tailored back somewhat Um, but I think there is this kind of problem of of setting expectations for even what AI is capable of but then certainly once technologies like this come out there's definitely a lot of conversations that need to happen around 
around the use of them, uh, especially by government entities. I, I agree. I mean, and, and unlike the highly educated listeners of our podcast, because they're here learning about this kind of stuff, as are we, um, I think the vast majority uh, of people out there are hearing this in the news every day, but they don't have any basis upon which to evaluate that. And, and there's so much education that needs to happen, even while this field is just racing forward at light speed. Um, we, it's, it's really creating a lot of, of, so, of social, cultural, and, and economic turmoil uh, in terms of, of, of our lives changing so fast. So um, it's, it's definitely something we need to, we need to dig down into on, a, on an upcoming episode. For sure. So another article that I saw that came from space.com was um, that the actual, the first robot that is uh, using AI uh, flew in space recently. And it is interesting. It is called, uh, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing it right, Simon, or it's, it's C-I-M-O-N. Simon, okay. Simon. 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 So we'll, we'll, say, we'll say Simon or Simone to, uh, to make things uh, not awkward. There you, <laughs> there you go. Somebody, uh, somebody can tweet us or, or hop on to our, our Slack and, uh, and correct us in terms of what that is. But, you know, my first reaction when I saw this was, really, this was the first? I, I would have expected it uh, a long time ago that, you know, maybe some, some deep learning, you know, from a CNN standpoint might have been used. But apparently, you know, as of the morning of June 29th, uh, which is, you know, not, not too far back, a couple of weeks back as we record this, it was a small, it says a small robot endowed with artificial intelligence launched a two-day trip to the International Space Station. So um, apparently... What, what does it do does it just wake them up what what is it is it like a assistant it, it's a it's a small flying sphere um and it has a kind of a, a cartoon like face on the front of it but i, I think yeah, it is that's it, super creepy it is it is pretty creepy actually um in the pictures of it and and apparently it it is it, able to propel itself around in the I, uh, iss uh and through little puffs of air um and and interacts with the astronauts and so, um, you know, we finally got into that, uh, that moment of 2001 futurism is, is there now. Um, so I, I imagine this is going to be, uh, you know, just pervasive uh, in space missions going forward uh, in this, the, not only this one particular robot, but probably many, many to come. Yeah, well, it might be the first thing that has motivated me not to go into space so I don't have to <laughs> stare at that face for like months on end. But uh, you can just be up there with an entire crew of, of seamen robots. It's just you that, in the spacecraft and, and all you do for the next six months is interact with them. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> I, I don't know if that falls into this category. Um, and, and speaking of kind of uh, governments and nations strategy around AI, um, I, I saw that um, DJ Patel, who was the first chief data scientist of the U.S., um, I'm not entirely sure what, what he's up to now, but um, him along with uh, Hillary Mason and and uh, and a couple others came out with an article about doing good data science. And I think it's a good read for for everyone. It doesn't you know, it, it brings up a lot of good things and, and uh, talks about basically that, that ethical we need to have the space and, and the time to address the ethical questions that are coming up in, in data science and AI work. And, you know, share those at conferences and, and be open about that that side of the work. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, it's, it's definitely a good read and, and by some of the uh, some of the leaders in the field, for sure. 
definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm very, you know, we keep talking about ethics and AI um, so far is, is more of a, an ancillary topic uh, in our episodes. Uh, and I know we're going to have it as a, as a primary topic coming up. But I, I ran across that, um, that uh, Google's CEO posted uh, an article called AI at Google Are Principles, which I was, I was happy to see because I think this is something that most companies need to be uh, framing in terms of how they're approaching using these technologies from an ethical standpoint and their objectives and, and such. And I thought I'd take two seconds and, and run through what he put, uh, kind of highlight. The article is longer and people can go read it, but he said under objectives for AI applications to be socially beneficial, avoid creating or reinforcing unfair bias, be built and tested for safety, be accountable to people, incorporate privacy design principles, uphold high standards of scientific excellence, and he finished with be made available for uses that accord with these principles. And he also goes on and lists uh, some things that they would not do and talks about their long-term approach. But I was just I was just happy to see that they were actually thinking their way through it and publishing it so that so many other organizations can kind of follow suit um, and put forward their own objectives and, and, and hopefully put them out there so people can see what they are. And we can continue to have this conversation uh, so that AI can continue to be used for wonderful things like feeding people in Africa, which was a previous episode of ours. Yeah, for sure. And it definitely fits into the same spirit of that other article um, about doing good data science and publishing those those thoughts in blog posts and other things, and definitely definitely a good read. So the other thing that that we for sure want to do in in these uh, news and updates uh, episodes is to share some learning resources with people. Maybe you're starting out in in AI, um, or you just you know want to keep yourself fresh or, or learn new things. Um, we want to definitely give you and and help expose some of those resources. Um, and the first one that that I found um, recently was that Bloomberg uh, published this free online course in machine learning fundamentals. Uh, it, so you can view it, I think, as a as a series of lectures on YouTube, um, but uh, they kind of have their own site now that, that you can go to and, and kind of run through these episodes in, in order and they have extra resources and things there. I haven't been through it, but it, it seems really useful and, and people seem positive about it. So that sounds like a great one. And um, and likewise, you know, Google has their uh, machine learning crash course that uh, uses TensorFlow APIs, and and that is a freely available one that they have. With we can, uh, like these others, we can put the link in the show notes. Uh, and they describe it as a self study guide for aspiring machine learning practitioners. Uh, and so that's a that's also uh, one of many great free resources out there where people can can get their hands dirty uh, on these um, and then one of the uh, slight, on a slightly different tangent um, I, I have a lot of conversations with people that are you know trying to figure out how they're going to do the computation side and and you know that we we use cloud services obviously from the the major providers and um, in some cases maybe we're, we're lucky and we can afford some some pretty good deep learning uh, oriented hardware with GPUs or TPUs or whatever but um, there 
there is a, an article, uh, I'm sorry, a YouTube video by uh, uh, Suraj Raval, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, who is kind of one of the the, the, uh, the better known luminaries in the deep uh, learning uh, space. Uh, he does a lot of uh, YouTube videos and courses, and he's fairly well known by those, by those. but he did a uh, best laptop for deep learning video. And it was a good thing that if you're on a budget, it was a great way of kind of saying, okay, how could I get into this? Uh, and if I'm going to build a lap, if I'm going to build a, you know, a, a system or if I'm going to buy one, what are those trade-offs? Um, and it was just a good basic thing. I, I suspect that on the hardware side, we're going to see a lot more of those types of recommendations uh, as people get more and more into this, as this space becomes more accessible to people. Yeah, that uh, that that's great. I have uh, always, you know, thinking about what what laptop is next for me. Um, I can watch those videos all day. Um, I definitely, you know, after seeing uh, seeing Kelsey Hightower demo from uh, Pixelbook, I've I've got my my eyes set on those. Although you're probably not going to train too many neural networks on on them, but. Uh, but yeah, that's always always a fun one to watch. So keep keep your eyes out for more episodes like this where we share some things going on in the community. If you have suggestions for things you would like to talk about or maybe links that you think are relevant, join our community. You can go to changelog.com slash community. Um, you can ping us on Twitter or Slack. All of those links are there. Um, there's people already discussing things in our Slack channel. Um, and so join join the community. We'd love to talk to you. Um, stick around for for next week. Actually, on the topic of of learning, um, we're going to have Jared Lander with us, who is is really big in the in the R community, and he's going to talk a little bit about that. But even more, um, we've kind of asked him to give us a little bit of an overview of the landscape of AI techniques and how certain things like deep learning fit into that. So I think that'll be that'll be great to hear from from one of the experts in the field. Um, so uh, thanks for uh, thanks for finding some, some interesting stuff and uh, I'll talk to you next week, Chris. Yeah, talk to you later, Daniel. Have a good one. All right, thank you for tuning into this episode of Practically AI. If you enjoyed this show, do us a favor, go on iTunes, give us a rating, go in your podcast app and favorite it. If you are on Twitter or a social network, share a link with a friend, whatever you gotta do, share the show with a friend if you enjoyed it. And bandwidth for changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at fastly.com. And we catch our errors before our users do here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at rollbar.com slash changelog. And we're hosted on Linode Cloud Servers. Head to linode.com slash changelog. Check them out. Support this show. This episode is hosted by Daniel Whitenack and Chris Benson. Editing is done by Tim Smith. The music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. And you can find more shows just like this at changelaw.com. When you go there, pop in your email address, get our weekly email, keeping you up to date with the news and podcasts for developers in your inbox every single week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Mm